0: This is Sandy Rios, and this is, uh, well, podcast number six uh, in our lineup of the brand new Sandy Rios 24-7. It's so nice to have you join us, and let me just remind you that if you have a comment, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can send us an email like the old-fashioned way, sandy at afr.net, At afr.net. You can listen to the podcast on afr.net. AFR.net, or you can download the app. This is too many choices, I know. AFR, you can download the app and you can listen anywhere you are very easily. Our all major podcast platforms that you prefer, you can listen to the show. So uh, that's how it goes, and that's how we're trying to make it easy. I hope you've been enjoying it. I kind of think you have. We've been hearing some. Uh, great reports, and that's really very satisfying. So we'd love your comments, and please send them. And meanwhile, we want to say thank you to Preborn because they partnered with us on this uh, opening journey as we start and kind of roll things out and start building. We've had some great shows so far, so you want to go back and listen to all of them, but today we have a great show that you won't want to miss. We're going to talk to Dave uh, Bratt, who is now the dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. A uh, dean... Uh, uh, Dave has his degree in theology from Princeton, and then also his business degree. He's been a, a an economics professor for a number of years, and he was a congressman. So his, his story is really interesting, and so you, you won't want to miss that. But let me just say thanks, first of all, to Preborn for helping us get this start. com slash Sandy is where you go if you would like to help Preborn. And when you do that, of course, that—you um, help us, too. I—look— We're saving babies. That's the main thing. I mean, that's always the main thing. But, of course, the show can uh, continue if we have some good sponsorship and so that you support Preborn. We know that you're supporting them if you go to preborn.com slash Sandy. And what they do is provide ultrasounds for for girls or women who have pregnancies and they're not sure if they want to keep the baby. And so they uh, take them in their clinics and uh, give them an ultrasound. It's $28 for each of those ultrasounds. And with the high degree of success with ultrasounds, you can just see, you know, you see those little babies, and you see them, you see them. It's just a beautiful moment. I've had one of those uh, years ago before they were so sophisticated, and uh, I remember what a thrill that was to hear my baby's heart beat and to see that it was a little boy. Boy, was I excited. Uh, but uh, anyway, so this is what happens, and women decide at that point, generally speaking, most of them say, I cannot terminate this life within me. I can't do it. That's my baby. So if you'd like to help that happen, because others are told it's a blob of tissue and they don't know, uh, they're not going to get an ultrasound uh, at a Planned Parenthood clinic. Uh, but that's why Preborn steps in to do something very practical. So $28 sponsors one ultrasound and helps uh, you know save the life of one baby, just $28. Or you, know, you can give any, any denomination of that for five babies. If you'd like to save five babies, you can give $140 and you can do the math. You can give $10, I'm sure. They will accept, you know, whatever you can afford. Just go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy, uh, and uh, and just uh, give as best you can. Give us generously generously as you can. Now, I want to uh, set up something. We're going to talk to Dave Brett, but before we do that, we're going to go to uh, Oxford Union in Oxford, England. Now, Oxford Union is a debate society that is attended by mostly Oxford University students. And, you know, in the old-fashioned way of debating, they have their rules, and it's it's very interesting. But uh, there was a a Russian-British satirist named Konstantin Kissin who spoke before the, uh, the Oxford Debating Society just recently. And it was really captivating to me. And because we're going to go after that to Liberty University and because we all know that our campuses are becoming more and more indoctrinated and more and more woke, and it's a disaster for our children and for our families. Uh, So to sort of help us to get acquainted with that, it's good to hear uh, kind of the viewpoint of other intellectuals. So... Uh, for the for the moment, then sit back and relax for the sixth episode of Sandy Rios twenty four seven, and uh, on the other side of the music, you're going to hear the voice of Constantine Kissin. Just relax and enjoy it, and then we'll come back and chat, and then we'll talk to Dave Brat. So here we go.
3: I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. <laughs> because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational argument, so let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We're told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshipping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. (laughs) Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view, I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions. Which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who don't care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change, and that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean but also cheap. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it's trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. Thank you very much.
0: All right, well, that's, you know, that's kind of a typical, uh, well, not so typical. He is addressing college students at the Oxford Union and they're debating and of course he's using climate change as the example of how uh, ridiculous the things that they're being taught the the implications like in terms of climate change is that every, no one should ha- burn fossil fuels which means that everyone freezes no that means we don't have many of the products that plastics and all kinds of things that enable the modern world to function no flying in an airplane no warming your house or heating it you heard Barack Obama say a few years ago, you uh, this will my plan for the climate will mean that you know, in uh, energy prices will necessarily skyrocket. Well, we're kind of seeing that because the bottom line for environmentalists is that you cannot really cool or heat your house anyway. So he's talking about how using that as an example, and then he talks about the poison of wokeness. Just an interesting, and he's from Russia, isn't that interesting, Bruce?
2: Yes, well, I think he probably has seen uh, the results of this wokeness. In practicality, rather than it just in theory, and uh, what better person to um, wake us up that this woke agenda does not work?
0: Well, the woke agenda, you know, came out of the part of it came out of the Soviet Union. It's controlling people's minds. It's uh, telling people lies. It's it's 1984 all over right. again, and having people believe a delusion. Well, that kind of sets us up for our conversation with Dave Brett, who is on the campus of uh, Liberty University, which is you know the opposite of wokeness. And uh, I, it just, I just want to illustrate, um, give you a glimpse of what's taking place in a small place in this United States because most colleges and universities are going the way of Oxford, Oxford University and other major universities. The, our children are being poisoned. You know that because they come back home to you and you don't recognize them and they turn against you. It is a tragedy that most all of us are experiencing in some way or another. So here's an example of a professor and of a school that is a breath of fresh air by comparison. Okay, Sandy Rios with you. We're still at Liberty, and I am just blown away by this campus. It's just beautiful. Uh, They've got everything from, you know, athletic stadiums to die for to uh, their law school where we just were to now their business school. And here's the the fun part about it. Back in 2014, some of you won't remember... (laughs) Some of you are just born—no, no, no, we just won't—maybe don't go back that far in politics, but I I do. And I remember that in 2014 there was this uh, star of the Republican establishment named Eric Cantor, and they had all kinds of plans for him. He served in the House from Virginia, uh, and he was just an amazing, good-looking guy, like perfect all the time— and it was just amazing. He came up for re-election, and suddenly, the night of the election, he's beaten by this economics professor named Professor Dave Bratt. And so uh, recently, I went to Goochland and interviewed the Goochland Tea Party because they were key, uh, along with Henrico County, in getting Congressman Dave Bratt elected. It was so shocking. If you can remember the night that President Trump won, you can kind of get an idea of how shocking it was when Eric Cantor was defeated. And this uh, person that no one outside of Virginia seemed to know, Dave Bratt, became the congressman. So Dave went into the Congress and just tore it up. He was, um, I'll just tell you, he has his Ph.D. from American University. He has his Master's in Divinity from Princeton and a Bachelor's in Business from Hope College. He knows so much about so much. Principled, And so when he got into the house, he really tore things up. And I met Dave way back in 2014. And it's a privilege now to be in his office where he serves as dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. Dean Bratt, nice to see you.
1: Sandy Rios, always glad <laughs> to have you at Liberty or meet you anywhere. Thanks yeah, for all thank you do. You.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Okay, so give us an idea of the scope of the ship that you're, you're man. The building is yeah. huge and it's a, the facility <clears throat> yep. is just drop dead gorgeous. So, what's, what are you guys actually doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, people will think what you're about to hear is a typo, verbal typo. It's not. We got 3,000 uh, students here residentially on campus in the business school. Not the whole school, just the business school, 3,000. And as of a month and a half ago, I also became dean over the online business students where we have 25,000 online business students. So I think I got about 28,000 total business students, right? And I think Liberty's over 110,000 students right now. We've stuck to our knitting on the uh, Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, training champions for Christ, uh, and uh, everything that implies uh, down down the line from theology, biblical foundations for everything, and and, and uh, policy, uh, politics and policy, which I'm sure we'll probably dig into a little bit.
0: We're going to. I do want to talk about something right up front that's really fascinating to me. My dad was a businessman, so I think at another—I always fancied I would own a business. I actually did. I used to think that's—I was going to own a dress shop, but I would have been broke. I would have bought all my own clothes, but anyway. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, But business does fascinate me. And I remember uh, a number of years ago when I was on radio in Chicago, an article came out in the Chicago Tribune. This is a long time ago. This is in the 90s. And say a a Chinese businessman had come to Chicago to learn about what it meant to apply ethics or Christian principles, to business. And he was a successful businessman in China. This is before, this is when we still thought China might be our friend, when we were doing the free trade and everything was expanding. Okay, so my question is this, Dave, because in this country, businessmen that I know and love uh, hint to me that it's different. This is business, they say. This is business. So we can do A, B, or C, because this is just business. How in the world do uh, does a high level of ethics and Christian uh, commitment to right and wrong and truth, how does that apply to business? And is it possible? Is it really not possible? Because that's what they'd have us believe.
1: No, it's very possible. Un- unfortunately, uh, we're in a, a period of-, of grave decline. Uh, that used to be the rule, not the exception. This country used to be a Judeo-Christian uh, country. Uh, my grandparents, for example, Uh, If you were in debt, uh, they would have never dreamed of scamming the government uh, to get payments to pay off the debt. They had a sense of honor before God. They had a sense of ethics, uh, which come from God's commands. Uh, And they were like most Americans back in the day, right? If you go back, you know, the good old days, right, kind of the Truman-Eisenhower age or before— uh, that was the that was the culture of this country your your reputation meant something uh, not everybody lived in massive uh, urban sprawl right and so that that's part of the issue uh, but in the small town, your word was your bond and if you lost that uh, you lost everything.
0: Can I give you an example don't lose your train of thought. Yeah. My dad uh, was in World War II. Yeah. Never graduated from the eighth grade yep. because he went to work in the, the CC camps to send money back home. Yep. Wow. So he was uh, a man who worked with his hands. Yep. And he was, he was very successful. He owned a gas station. He brought, bought property, but he always was, felt ashamed that he didn't have an education. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, uh, he went to the bank and borrowed $10,000 on his name. I don't even think they. I think they just shook wow. hands, right? Because my dad yep. was a trustworthy yes. person, and they yes. knew he would pay back his debt. Yep. So that's the way it kind of went then.
1: Yep. No, that that's uh, the way business used to be handled, right? in I grew up in a small town, Elma, Michigan, ten thousand. And you you put your name down, you'll pay for it later. There, you go buy a bike, you know, hundred bucks or whatever, and that was just the way it was. I can go right down all the little shops in that town. And everybody trusted everybody, and uh, what a day. And now, boy, it's upside down.
0: Yeah. All right, so, but let's get practical, because huh, that would, if I were a businessman now, and I'm listening to us talk, I'd say, well, that's quaint, and that's yep. sweet, but it doesn't yep. work that way anymore, and you cannot yep. do it that way. So, uh, if you were to decide that you were going to be honest with your workers, pay a fair wage, that you were not going to uh, bribe uh, politicians, that you were, go- whatever other, whatever things that business yep. people do. yep under-the-table table deals, how would you convince them? How do you tell your students uh, to, to run their ship yep. in, a, in, a, in a, uh, a way that honors yep. God?
1: Well, as you know, uh, Christians founded every great university uh, in the world, and we used to be sharp, smart, and ahead of the curve. We founded Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, everything. Harvard's motto was truth for Christ and church. Uh, since then, uh, Christian thinking... Uh, is not sufficient to take on the challenges of the day. So your question was, how would you do it? How would you convince people to go along with what you do? I would imitate the left, who has no problem getting people to follow the most upside-down anti-intellectual ethics, ethical systems that you've ever seen. ESG, alphabet soup letters, uh, pronoun studies, everything across the board. Uh, they're great at it, and we ought to at least understand the psychology of what makes their success possible. They're they're tying their ethics to meaning in life, and the Christian church needs to do a much better job of, of tying real outcomes in the real world to our young people and showing them why the Christian system is far superior <clears throat> to this nonsense, uh, both intellectually and in practice.
0: You know, and I suppose you have to say that uh, you have to say because it's true yeah. <laughs> that there, there's a there's a blessing that comes from God that can't be yeah. um, put on a spreadsheet. Yeah. And sometimes it's economic. I mean, we've seen yeah. like I think of Chick fil A. Yeah. Now I don't know how they run their business across the board, but they are known they were known uh, several, for taking a stand yeah. on moral issues. They yeah. don't work on Sundays, and they uh, don't they aren't they? Li- I believe that they're like the number one fast food food yeah. chain in America.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, so there's yeah.
0: a, no that that <laughs> that's true. In business, you got
1: this thing called, you know, comparative advantage. You got to figure out your special sauce, right? So they figured out their special sauce. They make the best chicken sandwich you ever tasted. It's, it is we like it is salad. truly like a miracle. I like chocolate right? cookies. But. Between breath. Right? <laughs> and so it, as Christians, guess what? I mean, it, it's shocking. The labor market's still tight, right? Mm-hmm. If you show up every day and are honest and tell the truth and et cetera, you'll do fine right now. That's all you have to do to be highly competitive, much less have a cool idea. And as Christians, we believe in the Creator, right? We, we actually believe we partake in that creation with God. God has invited us uh, to that creation uh, mindset with Him and asked us to be partners. And so uh, if 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 our, our kids do not know this, by the way, right, if you had them— uh, if you say, what's Genesis, they say, that's a cool car out there right now, right? So we need to do a little bit better on some of these, you know, Genesis, creation, exodus, it's the liberation. It's basics, the basics. Yes, of and it, it, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the basis of all the things they do like, right? The, the valuation of the self. If you ask a liberal, why do you, why does a human being matter? They do not have an answer. Kant, the great German philosopher, tried to give a secular answer, and he was semi-Christian. And he said, we ought to be valued because we're the people that do the valuing. That's a little circular and weak, yeah. right? We say you're valued because God Almighty created you in his image. That's quite a nice answer, right? And so the fact that our kids are not familiar in human rights, where do they come from? Where? They're inalienable, right? Like in our declaration <laughs> and the assumed in our constitution. What's inalienable? It means they, they're they given by God. They're not given by government. And all the kids love the human rights lingo. The left can't ground it. They can't tell you where human rights come from. They can't give you—they got a thousand human rights at the end of the United Nations or World Bank report. They can't satisfy any of them because they're not rights. And so it, it's easy to cut through all that, but, uh, you know, and it's not all Christian's fault. They've, they've gone along in goodwill with the K-12 system, uh, that has destroyed the, the kids' minds over time. The kids aren't aware of philosophy or theology or the history of thought or church history or any of it.
0: Are you finding that even with, okay, this is going to be, you can plead the fifth, but are you finding this with Liberty students? Also, a lot of them homeschooled, a lot of them yeah. are coming up in Christian schools, certainly from Christian families, so they wouldn't be coming here. Are you finding a lack of grounding with them as well?
1: Yeah, the, the, the K-12 to piece is just a severe hit and then we have to do double duty in the college years. Now, our kids come from good families, and the family's just key, right? So our kids come in uh, knowing the Bible. Uh, they're very committed. Most all the kids, students, scholars, start their day grounded. They read the Bible before they come to class. They're in the hallway out here at 7.30 for an 8 a.m. class. They're out doing their daily devotion to get the day kicked off in the right way. That is very rare right and so that oh, yeah, we're a see, little so. different that way yeah. and so they know that piece and then they know the logic that grows out of that piece uh but they have not been given uh by the, by the public k-12 education system a a grounding in european history uh american history uh western the, civilization western sim, gone, nothing gone. right in, in fact because they, they're all racist that's course, been right it's yeah. been the opposite They they've yeah. been taught that our, our civilization is bad.
0: Yeah. We should say in this moment, without dwelling on it, that yep. Western civilization is based on the Judeo-Christian yep. teachings. Yep. And it's a, so it's not all perfect. I mean, you could talk about the Crusades. You could talk about what you want. But for the most part, it was the glory of uh, of the world, yep. you know, in terms of music, art, uh, the the, con, the the forming of nations, the organization of them, our Constitution, all of that came yep. out of Western Everything civilization. Everything the
1: left wants, we did. Y- yeah. And yeah. it's in the I I do I uh, I add the Greeks in there. I think it's a synthesis between the Judeo-Christian religious tradition and the Greek philosophers, Plato in particular. The, they the Greeks formed kind of the guardrails, and so does the Judeo-Christian tradition. They're, they're the guardrails. The West is not if you stay with those two, right? The, the the if you get too religious and you go off speaking in tongues, making stuff up. Uh, You've lost reason, and you lost your—Jesus is the Word. I think that matters, And He is reason. Yeah, and He is reason, (laughs) right? And uh, so—and on the other hand, if you just go off all philosophy, that ends up in a dead end, and and I could go into a full hour lecture on that, which I won't.
0: Let's (laughs) do that next time, because that would be fun. No, that's good. You know, uh, I would say—I know—I'm sure you don't disagree with this, Dave, that all truth— all truth is God's truth. Plato yep. spoke a lot of truth, yep. even right. if he didn't really right. recognize yep. a God or Christianity. And he, I think he did on some level. Yep. But, I, but anyway, so, um, all right, so the, your students coming through Liberty then uh, come from this background where they do honor God in varying degrees of understanding of uh, doctrine and all of that. Yep. But then they come to school here, they learn about the merger of business and ethics uh, of right and wrong applied to business, yep. then where do they go? Well, I, how, where do they find places, and how does that work in the real world once they graduate?
1: Yeah, well, that that is the tough part, right? Because uh, we have a nice uh, spiritual community here, where everyone is loving and kind, and the kids are just exceptional, and the faculty take care of those students and guide them every day. They the, our faculty integrate. Biblical wisdom and knowledge in every lecture, not just here and there. Open in prayer every day. Uh, biblical integration every day. That is not easy, by the way. No, it isn't. Right? Young people don't know accounting, and a lot of them don't know their Bible. And you say, integrate the Bible with your accounting. Woo! that's a, <laughs> right. That can be a heavy lift. So, But we get them going, and that, that's the process of, of critical thinking. And so we set them up with that. And you just saw a bunch of students out here. They're doing their capstone. They're all seniors getting ready to leave. So by the end, they're synthesizing all of it. Right. They got to bring in uh, their finance and accounting and marketing and history and everything. Right. And ethics and Christian formation, uh, along with case studies in business. So we set them up for that. uh, But they're going out into a tough, tough world that you just said. So we we have to do our job and get them ready to meet that world head on and understand what they're going to face. And so there, there's no easy answer there. It just depends. Uh, does the student stay around here? Do they go up to New York City and do venture capital and eat nails for breakfast? That's a different <laughs> menu item, right? And so it just depends. And yeah. uh, there's, there's no – I don't have any cookie cutter, uh, but other than the fact that we just try to do the best we can.
0: Well, let me just – I think um... – God is in everything. Yep. He's in business. Right. He's in the yep. entertainment world. Yep. He is in music. He's in radio, by the way. Yep. Yes. He's everywhere. Yep. He, we're there, we don't comp- compartmentalize him. He's also nope. in business. Yep. And so I just, I'm just i confident that God's going to use your graduates in, a way, in ways you can't even imagine. Yep. You're kind of new around here, so you probably haven't had a chance to evaluate where he's going to take your students. And won't that be fun?
1: No, it won't is. Won't that it, be
0: fun as you watch that unfold? It is
1: amazing. I got a student from Africa who became a buddy of mine about two years ago and she's just a go-getter, and now she's doing an internship with one of our congressmen up in D.C. She just texted me yesterday, Neat Brad, I thank you so much for helping me out with this. And so you do start seeing inklings, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. who would have guessed, you know, an yeah. African from Ghana uh, gets involved with Liberty, uh, wants to work in one of our congressmen's offices up in D.C., has a heart of gold. She's going to do great things. So I know what's coming. I mean, it, but uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, it is still new to me but that's what I love. I just love walking up and down halls, high five the students. You're planting you're planting a lot of yeah, seeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we right. work
0: walking with you and all the kids are it's fun to see how much they how much they love you. So I I'm glad to you know I'm very happy about that because uh because I watched how you <laughs> The beating you took in Congress, uh, yeah. which oh, you know, boy. we should talk about that just yeah. for a second. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. because um, it's important uh, when you look back on that day. Uh, not not necessarily what happened to you, but look, uh, even the perspective of the Kevin McCarthy uh, speakership yep. recently. Yep. I just would love to know your yep. observations. You were right there. You know almost all those personalities. Yep. What What are your thoughts about what you saw? Yeah, well, uh, people might be surprised
1: the uh, after I beat. You know, Canner was going to be the speaker, right? The most powerful, the head of the House, and so I, I thought some of the senior guys might not particularly love me fully when I went up to the Hill. And actually, a lot of I was shocked. You know, some of the uh, the, uh, the who is it from uh, Texas senator uh, uh, McCain and Corn uh, uh, from uh, Texas? What's his name? I'm blanking. name. Cornin. John Cornan. He he. And Rand Paul, my own guys that like me, Mike Lee, you know, they, they not only like me, they went out of their way to, you know, seek me out and say, we, we love you, Dave. And I saw, you know, coming from nothing, they knew what I came from, right? Liberal arts prof to there. So that's a big step. So they, they supported me across the board. The Democrats, I, Joe Kennedy would always come up and, and, uh, and give me a hard time. Hey, Dave, have you found a free market up here yet? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's smart. You know, he's Harvard smart. He knows how to hurt me instantly.
0: And also, but he knows
1: how he knows markets are needed, yeah. right? So it's, yeah. that was a funny one. Uh, but on the other side, there's not funny stuff. The, the press uh, was not funny at all. They would just ruin you and sink you <clears throat> in the way they chose to report on you or not report on you, and just tank you at every second. And then our own crew, right? I I ran on 100 trillion unfunded liabilities back then. And back then I was probably 15 trillion in debt. Now it's 32 trillion in debt. And I vote, I, Cantor was in favor of an amnesty. Well, the American people don't like amnesties, right? So yeah.
0: to all the illegal immigrants who to, have been, yes. who they said was uh, what twelve million, they've yeah. been saying that for yeah. twenty years. Yes. There's only and, twelve illegal immigrants.
1: And and and, and said that was uh, one of our founding principles. They go back yeah. to our founding. I, mean, yeah. I I was like curious about that one, but anyway. So that's a little humor to go along with it. But yeah, it, it was. So I got no uh, committees where you can raise any money. And then uh, Vega just ran for the seventh district seat, and she wouldn't uh, promise McCarthy a vote. And so she wasn't given $10 million, everyone that does. And so it's a little ironic. And you can go look this up, and everybody out there ought to do a little uh, homework project and report on this to your local papers. But uh, just go look up any of the uh, conservative voting groups that give out report cards. And it's kind of fascinating that the people with the lowest scores get the most money. From Republican leadership, That's right. the That's people right. who follow the Republican platform. And I, by the way, I looked it up the other day when I went on another show. The Republican platform uh, says not only that we're uh, for uh, closed borders, but we're also for building a wall in the platform. It also says we should be fiscally responsible. It also is very aware of China policy. And so the key and about also the speaker, yeah,
0: pro-life pro life oh, and also pro oh, pro, right, pro right. one man one uh, <clears throat> right. Married, Phyllis right. Schlafly was a good friend, you know. Yeah. Phyllis was the person yep. who you didn't get past on that. No, uh, you could right, not get right, past, or Phyllis, you are not right. going to touch that document, <laughs> right, right. and it hasn't been touched yet. No. I mean, yeah, so right. it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, and so the people just go out to that platform and use it. That's what the party runs on. That's their promises. And uh, the folks uh, with the highest scores following that document get the least amount of money. That's right. It's all upside down.
0: Well, and, uh, oh, oh,
1: and I was going to say, the, spe- the one thing that comes out in the speaker that most people don't know about is uh, <clears throat> a lot of the folks on Newsmax, some of the conservatives would say, well, you got these 20 folks, they can block anything. That, that's true, right? But what they don't understand, which is <laughs> the only thing that matters, is the speaker Alone initiates all bills. So you can block anything. uh, But if you'll notice, the more important thing is leadership never put out a bill to repeal Obamacare. Leadership has never put out a bill to build a wall. Leadership has never put out a balanced budget bill. Leadership has never put out an anti-big tech bill. Leadership has never put out an anti-China bill. Right, in fact, so, they took
0: away their Kennedy, yeah. their their committee, yes. which was investigating right. China right. under Maca- under right. McCarthy,
1: right. And so that's it's, it's just terrible. That that's why the Speaker vote matters because it, folks don't understand how the process works. And if you don't have your team putting out the good bills that we promised, it's never going to happen.
0: And also, <clears> just an addendum, just for, to help people understand. So when you are not on board with the speaker and yep. the leadership, yep. you don't get money to re- get reelected. Right, you talked right. about Yesli Vega, yeah. who did not win, by the right. way. No, right. That's right. So, 10 so million. they give tons of money to their friends, yep. and they punish by not giving you yep. committee assignments and uh, all kinds of things. You're punished yep. if you yep. don't follow them yep. or do what they say. Yep. So is it fair to say that uh, that one of the reasons why so many – Uh, members of the House wouldn't even budge, even got angry, like attacking (laughs) on the floor conservative members (laughs) almost (laughs) physically. One had to be, you know, walked off the floor. Right. uh, is because they got there because of Kevin McCarthy and his money, right? I'm not saying every one of them, but most of them. Oh,
1: that's why I said we we need to do a little study in a report card. Uh, Like I just said, it's yes, I I would say it's, you know, uh, for example, I didn't get any money. And then uh, Paul Ryan in his pack at the end finally put a million in from a sub pack, not from the Republican Party. But they put out the most ferocious uh, ads against uh, against my opponent that made me look like a cave knuckle dragger. Right. So the ads they did put up hurt me. Instead, help me. And so when you look back, you go, boy, these guys are sharp, man. If they spent half their intellectual energy trying to improve the country,
0: uh, we'd be in a good day. Yeah, but they spend their energy trying to maintain their yeah, own power, power and power. climb up the ladder. Right. And, and it's, it's a unit party, so, right? Yeah, There's agreement. Right? And so people understand that yeah. the, the group that was uh, the, the great majority in the House, Republicans I'm speaking of right now, yeah. uh, were not doing what they did because they loved Kevin McCarthy because he's a wonderful, stellar character. They did it for their own benefit. Uh, because they knew they could continue to get help financially and uh, good committee assignments and all of that. They, were, they, were part, they had the ticket to get play the game. Yeah. And, and so
1: and when you're up in D.C., right, the biggest trove of evidence coming out of these Twitter files is going to be just stunning when you see this, right? So there's this thing called the Uniparty, right? And that, like for example, is big tech. And when you say big tech, a lot of people don't understand what big tech is. Our five big tech firms, right, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Twitter, etc., Facebook, those five firms are worth more than all European firms combined, not their tech firms. Our five tech firms are worth more than all of Europe or all of China market cap on their stock exchanges combined. So you try fighting those guys someday, right? So that's why it's, it's not only political leadership, but political leadership is beholden to them, even though they're ruining our country. And, and those firms, by the way, were building uh, protection systems for China, which is a totalitarian surveillance state. And our big tech firms were helping them do surveillance on their slave class, while at the same time marketing themselves as saviors for alphabet soup, savior language for women's rights or these rights or these rights. And the book by uh, Ramaswamy. If anyone wants to, a deep download called Woke Inc. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, R A R-A-M-A. M A. Woke. Inc. He goes right now. He's the brightest guy. He was Harvard, Yale Law School. He had the biggest healthcare IPO at the age of 26 in the world. Wow. Right. So <laughs> this guy's just a walking genius. He put together—he's not just ranting. He puts together a systematic argument through that book, and wait till you see some of the numbers in there, and you'll go, wow. And he's also got policy lo- solutions that actually will work to get us out of this hole.
0: Boy, that's a whole different topic, isn't yep. it? Google, Twitter, yep. or oh, Apple. My yep. Cause I my Google, Huge. you know, as I, I remember this much, that they were working with the Chinese yep. military yep. and providing ways, you know, I guess maps and all kinds of tra- you know, tracking systems, yep. but they refused to work with the Pentagon,
1: yeah. No, that's right. It's, yeah. Shocking. So, it's shocking, yeah. By yeah. the way, I just want to make clear all these views are my own. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody or any organization or right. mo- any moneyed interest or whatever. I just this is Dave Bratt speaking my own views. That's yeah. it,
0: okay. All right, so let's talk about uh where we are economically. And yep. you know what, you and I've had this conversation over the years, and it's always been bad, but of course, now we've moved from bad to horrible yep. on the cliff disaster yep. right. impending yeah yep. so um, on the, uh, the the debt ceiling uh, yep. fight is going to yep. happen in the summer I think yeah yep. all right so what explain kind of beyond the obvious what that's all about yeah and why we have to we have to have a ceiling on the debt
1: yep well the the debt is 32 trillion and everybody always asked me 10 years ago when does it end Dave and I I, I sadly could not give an answer. And so now it's not even the debt that's the problem right now, right? The, they don't care. No one cares. The unit party will spend into oblivion because part of them, right, the globalists and the folks who, the leftists who hate the United States want to bring down our economy. So that doesn't matter. But the thing that does matter, the unique thing that finally happened is the Fed printed so much money that we had 9% inflation. OK, so let's just make it simple and just say 10% inflation. Well, if you're 32 trillion dollars in debt and the interest rate uh, is 10 percent also, what is your payment on the uh, interest for that 32 trillion in debt? Three trillion. Well, it's not that. it's not 10, but it's five. right? If you go out and look at the 10-year, or the, the mortgage right now is over six and was at seven for a little bit. But, so let's just say five percent. Well, then it's half of that. The interest on the debt, just the interest on the debt is one and a half trillion dollars. It's currently $800 billion because the old debt is back at the 0% range, the 0-1-2, right? But as the interest rate goes up and you keep rolling over that debt, the time will kick in and all of it will be at 5%, mm. right? So that's bigger than the defense budget. The defense budget's $800 billion, what we're currently paying, interest on the debt. So it's not out of any good sentiment or love for the country or care for the economy. It's they can't afford it. And the interest on the debt will crowd out leftist spending, Right. But OK. And then part two answer your question is, why is the debt ceiling matter? That's the only leverage point Congress will have to add additional uh, goals like building a wall, like we promised, uh, de-socializing the economy, taking on big tech, uh, doing the Twitter files, having a church committee, which I hope Thomas Massey leads. He's going to be on the committee and I hope he's the leader that go Google the church committee. You won't believe what you see just in the first few uh, uh, YouTube files, uh, the things our FBI and CIA did uh, in the civil rights realm, you'll fall out of your chair. You won't. Be, it can't be true. Right. And then the Justice Department, it turns out we're doing it all again. And I'll just give you a little hint. Go read uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Skip the first eight chapters uh, on yes. Fauci. Go to chapters nine uh, on, yes. and you'll get the cookbook. And the little hint, I'm not going to put on my tinfoil hat for you here, but roughly speaking, anyone uh, in history of thought that tries to take out uh, the CIA, it does not go well for you. Uh, ask Robert F. Kennedy's family at JFK. Right? Wow,
0: I didn't get that far in that yeah. book. Oh, you so I'll pick it wait up.
1: till you read You uh-huh. uh, folks out there, you will not be able to put it down. It is, uh, and it links the Rockefeller Foundation smoothly to the Gates Foundation and it links perfectly to Vivek Ramaswamy's logic in Woke, Inc. These firms go in under nice pretenses that we're going to do green energy. We're going to do Africa. We're going to do uh, study virology uh, and all this stuff, right, for the common good of humanity. And so I'm going to put up, you know, $50 billion. Whoa, that's generous. Wow, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, what they don't tell you is that the uh, $500 billion business contracts followed the 50 investment in the goodwill up front right and kennedy tracks all this shows you all the names you'll know all the names if you're you
0: been, talk about a, a yeah. hero yeah i mean here here he is the the son of uh, robert F., robert yep. kennedy the yep. one the second kennedy that was assassinated in the right. 60s yep. the brother to jack kennedy and um a, a democrat not yep. normally someone that i would think of as a hero but he is a hero yeah he is incredible yep. Yep. what he has done well the old liberals <laughs> When I started off in academia, I liked the liberals. I'd
1: argue at lunch all day long, but they were fun. You would argue with them, right, in debate. They wanted a bigger government. I want a smaller government, right? And so the Kennedys propped up big health care. They care about the poor, and they used to care about the rest of the world, right? Liberals, in theory, should care just as much about a young child in Africa as they do about a young kid uh, in the U.S., right? And so, wow, if you have that logic, that's pretty impressive. They no longer have that. The left has now taken over. There's no liberals around, the left has taken over. They just have a smackdown power politics play uh, that does not—you uh, you can search uh, long and wide, and you won't find any logic where they're helping out humanity.
0: No, absolutely. And just to go on record, a lot of people say that President Kennedy uh, would have been a Republican if he were governor. Oh, governing. today. Oh, yeah, so, no, oh my. So, He'd be a winger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would be in the Freedom <laughs> Caucus. <Right. laughs> anyway, just a few more things, uh, yeah. Dave. Um, let's talk about— People are listening, and they're really worried yeah. about their money, about yep. inflation, yeah. about finding food, yep. about uh, fossil fuels that yep. President Biden sworn, sworn to eliminate. Yep. Uh, uh, just a word about how bad that's gotten, and what how people should prepare their minds for that.
1: Yep. Well, going back to the Judeo-Christian ethic, this nice little thing came out of that tradition called the work ethic. The number one thing I would advise you to do is skill up, eat your spinach take the courses go do the trainings go get the certificates in technology or something you know is going to be around that pays double what everything else pays because if you have a a a job and an income and benefits you will survive this mess if you do not right our liberal friends i still got a few liberal friends downtown they said what here's what we got to do is the city and the state and a, we got to have housing care we got to have transportation care. We got to have health care. We got to have job care. We got to do minimum wage care. We got to do cheap urban housing care. We got to have urban uh, rail transit. Uh, good luck, right? Good luck funding all that, right? Instead, if you have a job with benefits, you don't need any of that, right? So I don't care if you're right, left, whatever. That, that's the council. Get yourself ready and you better get skilled up because you can get a job right now in five seconds. If you got some tech, you you can have one course in tech and go and get a job in five seconds, and uh, on the on the national front, yeah, we're we're in for some hard times because people are not living out that ethic, right? And so, China invests their savings rate is forty percent of their GDP, so there's a lot of wiggle room. They can shove that forty percent toward capital investment toward bullet trains, although they're having a hard time doing that lately. So they're having some other, we could do a whole show on that. Yeah. I'd but like the, another uh, outbreak of COVID that's yeah,
0: killing people. We're not,
1: we're not. Yeah. Our productivity has gone straight down for the past 40 years. You can go look at Robert Gordon at Northwestern. He's the best in the world on that. Uh, our technological growth, our capital investment and our human capital, K-12 education is a disaster. Those are the things that make economic growth. So, wish I had some good news for you on that. I don't. I wouldn't be telling you the truth. And I got a pretty good track record on this stuff going back about twenty years.
0: I and know so, you. Well, uh, you've been. Ta- how long is it? Yeah. It's twenty fourteen yeah. minus <laughs> right. no, ten right. Years. Right. But anyway, right. well, I, I know you do. I trust your judgment. That's why. That's why I, you're a friend because I like friends I can trust, and I know mm-hmm. I can trust your judgment, Dave. And you've got so much training. So, uh, so I think it's fasten your seatbelts. And of course, I yeah. would just add. From my perspective, we can never control everything, and we yep, do right. have to make sure that we trust God, and we have got our, our roots go down deep yep. while we ride yep. these rough, uh, rough waves. Yep. All right. I will throw into
1: that when I ran against Cantor. Yeah. That, that faith in God thing, right? It, yes. It's easier to see God's work looking in the rearview mirror. Yes, that's You can true. see it. But even then, right, there's little inklings you get And what you do learn is like God created ex nihilo, and you may think this is a disaster right now, which it is. It clearly is. But God can make just crazy things happen, right? And so I'm not being a prosperity gospel guy here, right? I'm not—that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, if this nation ever gets on its knees and repents, and we do follow God, miraculous things can happen. God can do it in a flick. There's no doubt about it, uh, but uh, he'll also let you go off in the wilderness uh, for 400 years if you don't get it right. So make your choice today.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, Dave Bratt, uh, dean of the School of Business at Liberty, also, you know, theology degree from Princeton and so much more. You're treasure for Liberty, and so I'm glad you're here, Dave. The students need you, and so does the school. So thanks for joining. And I need you, too, so don't leave. So anyway, it's great to have some time with you. Thank you so much. No,
1: thank you. You're thank a treasure you. for the country, and so is Bruce. And uh, I've enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys at Liberty today, and uh, you're always welcome at Liberty. God bless everything you guys do.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was sweet. What a, what a wonderful ending. Uh, Bruce, you got a shout-out, too, because yeah, he does he does love you. He enjoys your company. But what did you think about what uh, what he and I talked about?
2: Well, I think it's really important to remember uh, what you talked about early on, and that that Dave mentioned that God is the source of all our honesty. And it's kind of a paradox that what's being taught in school now, he, he mentioned the dangers of what's being done to children in K-12 through 12 education, that they're being indoctrinated. And they're being told... Many of the things that you would be told are christian values uh honesty uh integrity but they're they're twisted in that um, it's it's not taught that those come from God but that those come um, from us as innate qualities and uh, that we are the center of all good, and all learning, and they basically take God out of the equation.
0: And humanism. It's yeah. like the Soviets with the monument to man's achievement. It was all about man. It's all about humanism and our achievement, and that's what the the godless left believe, that we can just get trying to keep, get better and better and better, and that means we might have to eliminate some of the population, but mankind is going to get better. They're working toward this a utopia. Mm-hmm. That's quintessential humanism.
2: Yeah, uh, and and uh, Also, I found it interesting uh, when he's talking about uh, what we just went through in Congress, um, the speaker fight, and uh, how important it is that we did go through this, because what gets lost in uh, what we just saw is how important the speaker's position is. It's not just an honorary thing or somebody to get up there and and, uh, direct things. It determines what bills will and what bills will not be brought forward to the floor. And you can be a member and have the greatest bill uh, anyone's ever come up with in history, but if the Speaker says, I am not going to put that forward, then you might as well not even have wasted your time drafting it. And I think that what we just saw is so important because, as Dave said, we have a platform. And it's a great platform, pro-life, pro-business, pro-growth, education. But if the speaker will not bring forth the bills to establish that platform or to support that platform, we're wasting our time.
0: Good, good summary, honey. Thank you. That helps. And uh always appreciate appreciate your perspective. And we're getting more and more uh common getting a lot of comments on how much people love having you with me. So and I love having you with me. So there you go. It's a win-win situation. All right. Well you've been listening to Sandy Rios twenty four seven. This was our sixth podcast. Uh we're having a good time doing this and just really appreciate your your support. Our phone number is 662-821-2040. If you'd like to contact us, leave in a suggestion, ask a question, or you can go to sandy at AFR.net. You can send an email and tell me what you're thinking. You can go to my website, which is sandyrios.com, and sign up for the mailing list. And you can find us on all the uh, social media platforms. <gasps> oh, I hope you don't spend a lot of time on that, but I do some. Oh, it's a necessary evil, but there we are. Uh, and uh, you can download the app, AFR uh, Afr Talk app, on your phone, your smartphone, and that's really a great way to listen. Or you can go to any of the podcast platforms and do the same. So um, let me just tell you, before we say goodbye to you today, that Preborn has joined us, and we are so grateful for that. What would we do without that? What a great partnership. I've been working in the pro-life movement for a long time, a very long time, as a matter of fact. Uh, I love babies. I've I, I, Babies were like my number one thing. When I was pregnant for the first time, I couldn't even sleep for dreaming about that baby that I was going to have. I love children. I think God places that in our hearts, and we certainly... Want to protect them, and when women decide to abort their babies, and men encourage their wives or their girlfriends to do that, it goes against their very nature. It doesn't just affect women; it infects it affects men as well. Men are the protectors of their family and children, and women certainly are the protectors of their babies. This is an unnatural thing that we've been encouraged to embrace, and so with that, preborn is bringing back nature because through these um, through these ultrasounds, you can actually see your unborn baby. And when women see that, even if they don't want the pregnancy, they love the baby just by seeing it unborn in the womb, moving around, sucking its thumb. It's just amazing. And so if you'd like to help women get an ultrasound, it's $28. That's all it costs. It's $28. And you can give any multiple of that uh, depending on what you can afford. But we ask you to be generous. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash sandy and so for today thank you so much for listening and we wish you well and goodbye
2: see you all soon thank you for listening